This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. You can also find TH Seeds, Aficionado Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 695 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to read a breeding question. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to Roll This Nug. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to Growing Tennessee. I'll send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Justin Klosser. I want to send a thank you shout out to Jay Dutch and Route 305. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Big Sexy Dank and Grow Man Stan. Let's send a fist bump to a longtime supporter, my buddy Know Me by My Guacamole. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Polo Paul. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Jackie Daytona. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Stoner Dave. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining me. This will be a one camera episode. If you're watching the video, there's only one camera today. We are figuring out what the technical difficulty is with the other camera. We'll get two cameras up and running pretty soon. Maybe just purchase another camera that may end up with sometimes three angles, sometimes two angles. I am already rambling. This is going to be a good show. I wanted to start by saying thank you. In the last episode, I asked a lot of people to, I asked for people to subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to get to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube before the new year. A lot of people subscribed. A lot of people shared that message. Uh, thank you to everybody who subscribed. Uh, thanks to everybody who already was subscribed. And big thanks to everybody who shared my request for subscriptions. I appreciate that big push. Thank you. It was noticed. There was an increase in numbers. I do appreciate that. Also, thank you for all of the feedback in the YouTube comments. Uh, I have been checking out the comments a little bit more. Previously, I talked about not reading those. I've been making an effort to browse them a little bit more. Uh, I do see that you guys prefer the longer episodes. I prefer the longer episodes myself, I think. Um, even when the camera does crap out, the longer episodes are still more fun. <clears throat> it takes a minute to get started. I gotta do the ads, I gotta do the intro, I gotta read the Patreon stuff. Once I get settled in, I really like flowing. So I do think that I enjoy the longer episodes as well. So I will do my best to get longer episodes coming to you. But sometimes short, sweet episodes are good and good. Good and good, I said that, not even gonna edit that. They're good and sweet. It's what you need, just get right to the point, get the lesson out, get it out there. Some people say I ramble too much. Some people want longer shows. 
I'm going to make the show happen the way it goes. Do my best to make everybody happy. I'm going to do my thing. We'll see how it works. <clears throat> I'm going to be super rambly through this episode. Uh, I've been smoking all kinds of different dabs today. We can't blame it on one dab or the other. Uh, put a lot of miles on the car, did a lot of things, smoked a lot of dabs, saw a lot of people. That's why I'm rambly. Lots of talking happened today. Um, let's not ramble too much. I did all the ads. I covered all the Patreon stuff. I said, thank you. Let's jump into the email portion of this podcast. I've got a message here in front of me. Uh, do they want their name said on the show? This one came from our friend, Zach. Big shout out to our buddy, Zach. Uh, if you have any questions, the email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. I would love to hear from you. That's where this one came from. Our friend, Zach says, Hey, Ross to Jeff, I started listening to your podcast around a month ago, and I am so appreciative of all the information you give out. I have learned so much. Hey, thank you. That's all I need is to hear that people are learning. That makes it all worth the time, effort, energy, uh, knowing that you're learning something, uh, that you learned enough and felt like you should reach out and tell me so. That means you're learning a lot that I'm connecting with you. So thank you for the feedback. Thank you for watching, listening. I do appreciate it. And thank you for the great question. It goes on. It says, I've always wanted to do a small breeding project in my little three by three tent, and I'm still trying out new strains before I really go in to a pheno hunt. Uh, but years ago, my buddy and I grew for the first time and we got our hands on some bog genetics, big up bog genetics. Uh, we got some, bu uh, some bog bubble gum. Uh, rest in peace to Bushy Old Grower. Yes, big rest in peace to Bushy Old Grower. Uh, if you guys ever see the name Bog or the letters B-O-G in a grow forum or on a seed forum or wherever you're uh, getting seeds, Bog, B-O-G is Bushy Old Grower. Uh, he was a really cool grower, a uh, really cool breeder, uh, kind of a cantankerous old man. Not as cantankerous and outgoing and ornery as Subcool, but he still had some stuff to say. Uh, he wasn't as outgoing on the online, on the new types of internet. Back in the day on IRC and stuff, he did talk a little more. Uh, I'm already rambling, but Bog is bushy old grower. He taught us a lot. He gave us a lot of great quality strains. He did make a lot of great stuff. Uh, big up to Mrs. Bog. Let me get back on track. Um, so our friend is talking about doing some breeding. They're still searching for some strains. They're still getting their, uh, their black belt and growing before they get into breeding. Then their first time they grew, they got their hands on the Bog bog bubble since then they've been hooked on all things bubble gum when it comes to cannabis and love trying things that are crossed with it that bubble gum terp and that bubble gum effect is great uh anything from i'm not sure if the bog bubble comes from the old indiana bubble gum i didn't research that but anything from that indiana bubble gum or true bubble gum line is tasty it tastes so good it's got that super stickiness to it which actually is why the bubble gum got its name it wasn't from the flavors or the aromas it was because it was so sticky that it was sticky like bubblegum is where bubblegum got its name. So our friend is thinking about or talking about doing some breeding in the future. Uh, they're in love with the bog bubble and all things bubblegum and bubblegum crosses. Now here's where we get into the question part. It says, I do not require a large quantity of cannabis. And when I do decide to create some seeds, I am purely looking for that euphoric, giggly, creeper, uh, what's it say? Creeper high that I remember from Bog. My question is, what is the best way to select keepers in a breeding project if I'm only looking for specific effects? Um, that is a really good question. You've got a goal, so the goal is the most important part. It says, should I take small samples late in flower or decide purely based off the smell of the terps? Um, neither one of those. You're going to have to uh, completely finish your test samples, uh, dry them, cure them, and smoke them. And if you're looking... If you're judging your pheno hunt based purely on 
looking for the euphoric, giggly, creeper buzz, you've got to grow them to full maturity, dry them, cure them, smoke them. Uh, all of these things have to happen under the same scientific type conditions. I understand you're in a three by three tent, which actually kind of makes it better because that three by three tent is gives you much less variables. That's only three by three. You've only got that much space to have differences. So you get your three by three. I would grow as many seeds as you can fit in there in, as legally. Uh, I do them small, uh, grow them until you can get a clone, get your clone, then grow them all scientifically, feed them all the same thing. Uh, treat them all the same way. Give them all the same amount of light, air, humidity. That's why the three by three is cool. It's very limited. Uh, your variables are going to be limited in there. Uh, you've got to grow it, uh, harvest them. Uh, you can harvest them at different times. Wait until you see the trichomes look the way that you would normally harvest. Wait until you feel like each plant is done. Harvest them, dry and cure them the same way. Then smoke them. I've got like, I noticed that when I smoke, uh, if you guys watch any of my live shows or if you know me, you know that my office space is my favorite little smoking spot. I've got a huge computer screen. Uh, my favorite music is there. My drink goes right here. The dab rig is right here. Uh, it's just like my home base. That is my spot. When I get home and want to chill out and take some dabs and put on some music and relax, that is the first spot I go. Got a nice cozy computer chair uh, chilling out. That is like my, my test zone. If I was going to test new dabs, new cannabis, that would be the first place I would go. My favorite smoking device is there. My favorite music is there. My comfortable chair is there. My snacks are within reach. I know that that is my zone. I can get I can get wrecked in that zone and nothing can go wrong. If anything does go wrong, there's a couch on the other side of the room that I just I just basically crawl to the couch and everything will be okay. I've got snacks, I've got drinks, I've got a couch, I got music. Nothing can go wrong. So that is my desired test environment. If I had new product to test, I would test it all there. Also, I would try to test it all after a decent meal, have some food in my stomach, have some hydration, not be exhausted, not be too hyper, not have any caffeinated beverages, not too much sugar, just kind of baseline, you know, belly full to where when you smoke it, you're not going to get instant munchies. You got some blood sugar to handle, uh, something to handle the blood sugar. And you take a couple of dabs, take a couple smokes, whatever, however you bong rips, pipe rips, um, you get the cannabis India, see what it does to you. Give... Give each sample that same kind of critical test sample. Do it in your favorite device, in your favorite space. Have you noticed if you smoke in your little, your comfort space, you can smoke and enjoy it really comfortably. You could taste every terp, smell every smell because you don't have to pay attention to like, uh, if you're smoking somewhere, uh, perhaps in the car or at somebody else's house, uh, at somebody else's house, maybe the dog is going to knock over your drink or spill the bong, or you can't really focus as much on what you can when you're in your perfect little bubble. That's my opinion. So I would say smoke all of the samples in a scientific sort of format with the same baseline sort of starting point. Full stomach, no sugar, no caffeine, clear head, good mood, nothing to do, and see what it does. See if that's the one that gives you that giggly, uh, euphoric, creeper bud feeling. You've got to smoke. If what you're looking for is specifically that effect, you've got to find the finished product that gives you that effect. That's the only way to really test it. Uh, taking early samples won't tell you what you're going to have in a final product. You've got to smoke a final finished product. That is my opinion uh, if you really want to know what you're going to get. So you've got a goal. Uh, you've got a long, long-term long goal. A short-term goal is to reproduce that giggly effect. Do you want to F2 these things? Do you want to F3, F4? How far do you want to go in your breeding? Do you just want to make a few seeds for yourself to play with or do you want to make a whole bunch of seeds? It sounds like you just want to make some for you to breed and grow out and hopefully you find that giggly stuff. So it says any advice would be greatly appreciated. Keep doing your thing. 
P.S. I'm about to pop some strawberry starburst. I can't wait to see what these are all about. Cheers from Zach. Dude, uh, strawberry starburst and that bog bubble would be really great. And you will find similar bubblegum type terps in the strawberry starburst. There's strawberry candy. There's strawberry bubblegum. There's a watermelon terp in there. Uh, when you, If you grow the flowers out, and what I have noticed, this is my experience, when you grow the flowers and press them into concentrate, or what do they want? Yeah, grow the flowers, wash it, and then press the con the washed concentrates. So you grow it, make bubble hash, then press the bubble hash. That tasted like strawberry bubble gum. That's what I did notice. So you may get some strawberry terps, bubble gummy terps out of that. Now, um, do you have an idea when you breed with the bog? Are you going to use a uh, bubble, a bog bubble male, or are you going to use a bog bubble female? Uh, what do you have in mind here? I would grow. Uh, I would try to use that bog. I would almost just make F2s. If you're just doing this just for fun, for your own personal enjoyment, I would make F2s. I would find the bog male that looks and smells a lot like the bog female you're going to find. Find that perfect. So you're going to grow a pack of the bog girls. Hopefully you can get more of those seeds, right? That would be ideal here. Or hopefully you've got a clone or something of the female. Anyway, try to find some of that bog bubble. Grow that. Find a female that gives you the traits you're looking for. You're going to find one in there. It was in the pack the first time that you grew it. You'll find it in the pack again. So find that phenotype that gives you the giggles, the creeper. Uh, what else was the effect right there that you're looking for? Giggles, creeper. There was something else, but the my printer kind of messed up here in this. Euphoric is the other word. Uh, so find those traits from the female. Now you've got a male. Find a male that looks similar to that. You're going to be limited on male selection. Find the best male out of the pack. Uh, that's going to be up to you. Find the one that looks a lot like the girl you're working with. Now you've got a male and you've got a girl. Uh, now I would also find a couple of other female plants to put in that room. Something like the strawberry starburst would be cool, but then I would find something vastly different than the bog, just way different, uh, just to play with, just to see what that bog is, uh, what the bog bubble is contributing to the mix. Uh, breed it to um, something really cushy or gassy or garlicky, so that you can see what it contributes. Does it give it? Uh, does it change the structure? Does it change the aroma? Does it change the? Uh, does it give you just a bunch of mutants? Does it make it really resistant to bugs? See what that male is adding by breeding it to other plants. Now, of course, you've got to grow those, but that is the best, the funnest part. Grow maybe. I don't know. That is a big debate in my head right now. I want your feedback. Send me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, however, you know how to get in touch with me on Twitter. It's at GFYH Podcast. I want to know. Do you enjoy? the pheno hunt and growing more or do you enjoy smoking it more i really love growing it and seeing what happens to the flowers like i made the seed so after you make a breeding project this is my question if you do a breeding project and you make seeds are you more excited about seeing what the plants do as they grow or smoking the final product as a breeder i'm torn that is a really uh that's a really big question for me so i lost my place rambling on that one but uh, i would find that, uh, yeah, then you get to grow them, then you get to smoke them out, find a male, find a female, then find a couple of other females and put them in the room because that dude's going to be in there skeet, skeet and blowing pollen anyway. So just put a couple of females in there for him to pollinate, make it a party, get a bunch of different seeds, keep all of those seeds separate when you harvest, uh, then grow them out, mark them so that, you know, this is like, uh, strawberry starburst to the bog. And then this is the, whatever to the bog and this to the bog, mark them, grow them, see what you've got. And then like I said, identify the trait that that male is delivering to the mix. See if he's, uh, if the bog F2s come out bubblegummy and euphoric and giggly, perfect. You hit your goal right there. But to the strawberry starburst, what did you get? 
Did it make the strawberry starburst go super tall? Did it make it short and squat? Did it make it get a sour, uh, maybe a grapefruit kind of an aroma? Uh, when you hit it to an indica or a garlic plant, does the garlic come out more? Or does the structure of the original plant you pollinated come out? Or does the structure of that male plant come out a little bit more? You should be able to identify the traits uh, when you do the breeding to see which side, which parent came out. You should be able to see that. So I would take the boy, I would take the girl, uh, take a few other girls and have a party in there, grow them. Now, the most important part, again, is to finish them. Let them finish. I don't know why I stuttered so strong when I said that, but I must have meant it. Let them finish, then harvest them, dry them, cure them, just like you normally do, just like you do all of your other crops. Don't do anything. Do it scientifically, but don't dry them and cure them. Don't do anything weird. No anomalies. Do what you know. Don't do any new experiments. Like, I tried this because that may fuck up all of your science. If you try one new thing, that could mess everything up. Do the familiar shit that you do, but keep it very regulated amongst every plant in the grow. Dry them, cure them, smoke them, see what you enjoy the best. Those are your keepers. If you are breeding for potency and effect, that is the way to find the keepers. But also keep in mind that if you're growing this, you're going to want plants that grow well. Um, structure is important. Is it shaped well? Does that plant support itself? Does it grow in your growing style. I don't know if you grow in three, you're in a three by three tent, so you're not in gigantic pots, but I don't know if you grow hydro. Do you grow soilless mix? Do you grow cocoa? Do you grow in a six inch net pot or a three gallon pot? Do you grow uh, one big bud and cut off all the branches? Do you trellis them out real far? Do you use a tomato cage? Do you use a stick? Are you using yo-yos and hanging them from the ceiling? Yes, that is a thing. It's not as crazy as it sounds. Uh, it sounds different than what it looks like. Uh, if you're not familiar with the yo-yos, but how are you growing? I don't know how you're growing in there. So find the phenotype that is going to work the best for you. Also, your environment. Is it hot? Is it cold? You may need to find the phenotype that works best for the hot, for the cold, for the humid, for the dry. Uh, do you want the one that takes a little bit longer to flower? Are you patient? Can you handle that? Or are you freaking out? Are you like, ah, this plant needs to get done already? Or are you like, man, I got all day. That's cool. Let that plant fucking finish. I'm patient. I love letting plants go for a long time. So do you want the faster finisher? Do you want the longer finisher? There's so many variables to think about. What about bug resistance? Uh, do you want these plants to be really resistant to bugs or does that even matter to you? Do you care if they are resistant to mold and mildew or do you not even care because you're the only one growing those? I make seeds for market. I make seeds uh, first of all, I make a lot of seeds for myself. You guys see these strains pop up occasionally. You're like, where did those come from? Why were those never for sale? Like the go uh, the garlic goat was made just for me to play with. And then I made so many of those that I was like, I'm never going to grow all these. So I put some of them out, let some uh, people get their hands on those. But uh, if you're just making them for you, you could breed for just potency, just for flavor. I'm breeding for things that go to the market. They've got to be pest resistant, pathogen resistant, definitely no mutants, no intersex plants. I've got to be very careful what I put out. But when I'm making stuff for me, uh, it could just be, it could be really problematic and I can find the keeper for myself to grow and that's more fun. So it depends on what you're going to do with it. It sounds like these are just for you. Now, uh, you've got that three by three. You don't have to grow gigantic plants. If you find, uh, this is something I was talking about with a couple of friends, people are like, I just don't have room to breed. I don't have the space. I wish I had room to grow and breed. You can breed in a very small space. Your three by three would be beautiful. I keep saying put that male plant and several females in there. You can pollinate in a three by three. You could probably hypothetically put, you. I can fit nine uh, three gallon pots in there easily in a three by three. They may be, the pots may be touching, might not be a lot of space, but I'm thinking uh, nine, three rows of three, three gallon pots. Put the dude in the middle, surround him with ladies. When he starts pollinating, all those girls are going to get it. 
That's probably what I would do. That's uh, eight female plants in there that you get to pollinate. You don't, you don't have to grow them very big. If you want to go even quicker and not make uh, a big mess and get a bunch of pollen and have a huge project, you can breed in small pots. I've done beer cup breeding projects. I shouldn't tell everybody about this as a seed maker. I shouldn't tell you how to make seeds so quickly, so easily, but this is a very easy, effective way to make a few seeds just for yourself to play with. Uh, when I make seeds, the first time I make a cross, let's say that we're going to make, let's pick a strain, let's say Jack Tripper. Uh, this is a real thing that has happened. Jack Tripper. Jack Tripper is Lemon Skunk to Jack the Ripper. Uh, come and dance on our floor. The song will be stuck in your head all day. You're going to come and knock on our door. Now it's in your head. It'll never stop. That's where Jack Tripper came from on the story when the question gets asked. Jack Tripper. Lemon Skunk, Jack the Ripper. Call it Jack Tripper. Uh, amazing lemon terps, lemon cleaner terps. Uh, almost gross, overpowering lemon cleaner terps. And the head buzz, it's like a knife just came through the ceiling and ripped your head off and opened your brain in half and lights and fireworks just come out of your brain for a minute. The, he the head high is so extreme. But anyway, let me focus. Um, Jack Tripper. I only made 70, 50 something seeds of that, maybe. Just a small a small drug bag of seeds. That's how many seeds I made. You, you know what I'm talking about, a little drug bag. That's how many seeds I made. Uh, not a lot. Because I don't know, I didn't know, I do know now, at the time, I didn't know if that was going to be uh, completely intersex plants, complete mutants. I didn't know if they were going to take 74 weeks to flower. I didn't know if they were going to be duds. I didn't know what it was going to do. So instead of wasting time uh, vegging a plant that is going to get real big, first of all, a male plant that gets real big makes a lot of pollen. Pollen goes everywhere. And not that I'm lazy, but I don't want to clean up a whole bunch of pollen if I don't have to. If there's minimal pollen, that is less to clean. So I grew a smaller male plant. Uh, he was in a six-inch net pot because I wanted him kind of bigger than the females because I want enough pollen to get the room there. So I got my male in a six-inch net pot. I got my females in beer cups. I can pollinate a bunch of beer cups. You grow them to where they're uh, just big enough to, I don't know, four or five inches, maybe three and a half inches. Flip them. By the time the pollen hits, they're only maybe eight inches, 10 inches tall. By the time they're done, they're 10 or they're 12, maybe 14 inches tall. You may need to put a skinny stick in there just to support them. But from that plant, you're going to get a lot of seeds, a lot, a lot of seeds, a lot, like 30 to 70 seeds probably. And that's plenty for just a home grower, a home breeder to tinker and play with. You guys buy a 10 pack and you spend good money on a 10 pack. If you get 30 seeds and you do that to four or five plants, you're going to get at least 100, 150, 200 and something seeds to play with. And you can do that in one very small run. If you've got a small, just a very tiny space that you can control the light to 12, 12 for six weeks, nine weeks on, um, there are some variables in there. I said six weeks because you can put the light back uh, to a vegetative cycle and the seeds will finish. You don't have any problem with that. But um, six to nine weeks that you can control a flowering cycle three or four, two or three, three or four weeks, you can control a veg phase. You can produce seeds uh, that will be very viable, usable for yourself. So I got rambly on that one, uh, but you don't need as much space as you think you might need is what I'm saying. You can uh, pollinate little tiny plants. They don't have to be super large. Get them in a beer cup, veg them until they're as tall as GI Joe, flower them. They'll end up two or three GI Joes tall. They'll have 30, 50, maybe even a hundred seeds in there, depending on the strain. Some of the OG Kush stuff, doesn't make a lot of big buds. You don't get a lot of seeds out of that. The Mac doesn't take pollen. The Mac is just stingy. Uh, don't be stingy, Mac. Uh, but then things like strawberry starburst, they'll take a, a lot of pollen and give you a lot of seeds. Blue raspberry truffle, blueberry cookies. Uh, they make a lot of pistols. They make a lot of seeds when you pollinate them. The Jack the Ripper crosses, 
uh, make a lot of pistols very early and produce a lot of seeds. So you can hit those really early when they're little and produce seeds for yourself to play with. All right, I got rambling. Let me check my notes. There are more notes on this page. Uh, if you're looking for the effects, you definitely have to smoke it. Um, got to find the, the potency that you're looking for. There's no other way to tell. Now, here is the last note that I did write on this page. It says, if you find the right keeper and the one that gives you that giggly buzz and that euphoric high and that creeper effect that you're looking for, is it necessary to do any breeding? You've already got the plant that you're looking for. It's perfect. Uh, you could you could just be happy with that. I understand the desire, the need, the want, uh, just the excitement of breeding. But honestly, if you've got the plant that does what you need it to do, uh, you don't you don't really have to go any further. You could just clone it and grow it forever and ever and be completely happy with that. You could uh, or you can S1 it. You could self it and make more seeds of it. Then you've got those seeds forever. Uh, here's another avenue. Um, if you don't have a male plant, if you don't have any seeds, if you do uh, of the bog, if you do have the clone of the bog, you can reverse it and you can use that as your pollen donor and that can pollinate another clone of the bog. You can make S1s of that. And while you're doing that, you can also put that pollen on other female plants and outcross it. Those would be ours uh, from the previous episode, selfed and reverse plants. You can make some selves and some reversals using the bog keeper. I don't know if you still have it. Let me try to read again. Um, always wanted to breed years ago, buddy grew for the first time, got our hands on bog. Since then I've looked, uh, I've loved all things bubble. So I don't know if you still have it. Um, if you've still got it, you can self it and then you can make uh, self cross of it and you can outcross it if you still have it. If not, uh, I would recommend trying to find another pack. If not, you said you're growing the strawberry starburst. You're going to find similar bubble gummy terps in there. You'll find creeper, you'll find euphoric, the answer may lie in that pack. All right, my friend, Zach, I do want to thank you for the great message. You did get me rambling. I do appreciate that. I like talking about breeding. I like looping it back to previous episodes. That was a good chat. Thank you. Once again, the email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me those questions. I do have one more quick question I'm going to cover here in this episode. This one comes from our friend, Kyle. What up, Kyle? Thank you for the great question. This one goes a lot like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, I have a question about pH. This is a good question. It says, I know you recommend to be in the 6.2 to 6.5 range. Uh, I usually would say 6.2 to 6.4, but 6.5 in like a soilless mix and stuff. Yeah, that'll work for you. It says, I completely understand the reasoning, but I'm curious why Canna recommend. Canna is a nutrient brand, by the way. It says, I'm curious why Canna recommends as low as 5.5. So Canna is a nutrient uh, company. They sell uh, bottled nutrients. And on their website, most of the nutrient brands that you buy do have a website with a nutrient calculator, a nutrient feed chart on there, a nutrient nutrient schedule. Uh, nutrients is starting to become the new ROADS in my head, if you know what I'm talking about. Big up. Shout out to Chris Farley. Um, nutrients. Anyway, uh, so they're a nutrient company. They sell bottled nutrients and they do recommend as low as 5.5. That does make sense. I did check their website. Let's talk minimally about pH because I am not an organic chemistry expert. Our plants are uptaking uh, buffered nutrients in a bottled nutrient environment. They're taking up bottled nutrients. They're taking up uh, the 16 elements, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, uh, molybdenum, molybdenum. Wow, you say that one fast. Calcium, magnesium. There are more that I'm going to miss, but I'm going to try to keep on moving. Our plants are trying to uptake those things. For those things to be bioavailable to our plant, the pH uh, needs to be, uh, the pH of that feed solution needs to be around 6.2 to 6.5. 
those nutrients are more bioavailable to the plant at that range. Once it gets higher, the plant doesn't uptake that. Once it gets lower, the plant doesn't uptake that. The reason we recommend a 6.2 to 6.5 is because there's kind of a range where like some of the nutrients would kind of take up better at 6.5. Some of them would kind of take up better at 6.2. So we go right in the middle to where you get just, just kind of the best for both of those nutrients. And we're using so many things that we just found that within that 6.2 to 6.4, 6.5 range, you do get a good window where most things will absorb with, uh, they'll work best together. I don't know the scientific terms. Like I said, I'm not an organic chemistry major, uh, but that's where things seem to work the best. Now, the reason uh, that they are giving you such a broad range in this proprietary brand, uh, I did, yeah, and the rest of the question says, uh, recommends 5.5. I do believe they say the highest is 6.2. Is this something proprietary to them? Yes, this is proprietary to them. I did some research on their website. The 5.2 is recommended for hydro. Uh, for dirt, they recommend 5.8 to 6.2. And for cocoa, they recommend 5.5 to 6.2. So in the hydro, there's nothing buffering those nutrients uh, from touching the roots. So they give you just a little bit lower pH. That's just straight to the nutrients, straight absorption. Absorption. So the lower pH works. There's no soil to buffer there. There's nothing to work through, nothing in the way, straight to the roots. That makes sense. They'll be quickly absorbable at that low of a pH. I per honestly am not super experienced in hydro, but it does kind of make sense for the little bit I know about uh, plant growing, organic chemistry, and pH. I do think that makes sense. Now the 5.8, 6.2 in the dirt is because of the buffering of the dirt. The soil, the dirt there does give you a little bit to work with. Uh, it does make that range a little bit more available for the plants. It's kind of, I keep saying the word buffering. You just get a little more room uh, to work with. That's why that's why we recommend soil and soilless mix to new growers because it is a little bit easier to work with. That soil kind of works. Uh, the soil kind of corrects your problems a little bit to an extent. Don't think you can just go pouring in a bunch of shit, but it does kind of help you correct the problems. At that point, you fed the soil. The soil will do some work. The living shit inside the soil will do its things and help uh, correct what you've done a little bit and make that available to the plants. Again, uh, I'm going to get a lot of messages about what I just said. I am not an organic chemistry major. I'm trying to explain this the best I know how. Somebody said I explain things like people have never grown before. Uh, good. A lot of people never have grown before, and that's why they're here. Uh, let me keep going. Then it says uh, 5.5 to 6.2 in cocoa. Uh, yeah, we're getting that low 5.5 in cocoa because uh, that is very close to hydro. That is kind of a hybrid of soilless mix, uh, hydro together. So that's why you can go so low in there. Basically nothing buffering, uh, protecting the roots, just cocoa in there. That's basically hydro. The cocoa is basically inert. Also, we could talk about, uh, I wrote down phase and medium and plant specific. In certain phases, your plants are going to want different pHs. In different medium, your plant may want different pHs. Um, and also it's plant specific. I know that some of the cookies crosses like a lower pH. Some of the more sativa dominant stuff likes a higher pH. Sometimes uh, if you're in certain environments, you want to adjust pH to kind of compensate for some things that may help you out. So um, that is why they're recommending a range. Let me get back onto the question and get back in track here. It's All right, it goes on to say this run, I followed your range and I feel like my plants are very happy. I have your testers hitting my flower tent next, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I'm excited to see your testers. It sounds like you're going to pay a lot of good attention to them. Uh, it says, as a side note, 
uh, for this. Typically when I mix my nutrients, it hits about 6.3 until I bump up the feed and mid flower. Uh, then it consistently sits at 5.8 until I adjust. Uh, that's gonna, you could probably feed them that 5.8 and they wouldn't be angry, but if you're liking uh, what you're seeing, I wouldn't change anything. A lot of people wanna make changes because of numbers and shit. Watch the plants, the plants are the boss. If you're liking the results, uh, don't change anything. It goes on to say, thanks for all you do. You've helped me improve my grow by leaps and bounds. I can't thank you enough, your friend Kyle. That means a lot to me, knowing that I have improved your grow leaps and bounds. That makes it all worth it. Like I said, uh, those kind of compliments, that type of feedback makes setting up a camera, uh, makes having a frustrating camera that keeps turning off on me and draining a battery and doing weird shit. These comments, this type of feedback makes all that shit worth it. Sometimes that camera makes me want to throw it. I'm not even mad at that camera anymore. doesn't even bug me that I got these bright ass lights in my face. I love the feedback. Thank you guys. I love knowing that I'm making your garden better. I love knowing that I'm making your growing experience better. Growing should be fun. Growing should be pleasurable. Uh, growing is like my Zen zone. I do work in a commercial environment. I do consulting. I do get paid for that sort of stuff. When I'm in my own personal grow, I close the door. I put in the earbuds. Sometimes I'm just listening to the grow. Sometimes I just hear the fans and the blowers, and I love it. It's relaxing. The, the sound of a vortex fan or a hurricane fan, and then just another oscillating fan coming by that, and then uh, those sounds. It's like, a, what is it, ASMR, AMSR? I don't know the right order, but it's like, music to my ears sometimes hearing those fucking sounds in the grow space. And then you hear the air conditioner kick on that. That's a pretty good imitation of the, the air conditioner. That'll run for a few minutes and then it cycles off. Oh, I just love being in there and hearing all the rhythms of the shit and knowing it's all working smooth and smelling the plants. I just like being in there. That's my Zen space. You can't fuck with me when I'm in there. I leave the phone outside. It's in that's on the charger somewhere else. Yeah, let's go in the grow. That is my Zen space. So knowing that I can make your grow that comfortable for you, uh, it's your getaway like mine is. I don't need a vacation. My vacation is in the grow. It's cool. Let's go. Let's do do some defoliating. Let's go do some cloning, some topping, popping, lollipopping, twisting. Let's just go stare at the plants. That's like my meditation right there. Anyway, I'm glad I'm making your grow as enjoyable as mine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, uh, newbies and pros, smokers and growers, clone cutters and pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, thank you once again for listening to me ramble on another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thanks for hanging out. I really did have a good time on this episode, even though I only had one camera to ramble into. I will get camera number two repaired. We'll figure out what's going on with that. Maybe, like I said before, I'll buy camera three. That way we've got a backup plan when camera two decides to be a little bitch again. Thanks for hanging out, you guys. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. The email address, again, is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Make sure you hit the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else is on the website at iregenetics.com. I think that's all I've got for you for this episode. Let's wrap it up while it was nice and tight. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Levity Love Day. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.